What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode three of Security Squawk. I'm here with my cohort, Reginald Andre, who's down in beautiful Miami, Florida. I'm up here in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, as you can see in my background. Um, episode three, it's the two days before Christmas. Um, we are in the midst of I guess what's being dubbed as the largest cyber attack in in history so far. Um, hey, you remember on episode one, I started off the, the podcast and asked you if you thought we were in a war? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and how, how prof- prophetic was that? You know yeah. what I mean? Like a week later, a little more than a week later, the biggest cyber attack that pretty much has ever happened happened to um, the United States government and you know private businesses, obviously through the through the solar winds hack. And if you've been living under a rock for the last two weeks, I'm sure you've you've heard of it. Um, it's probably I don't know. It's probably taken taken the lead over COVID for a little while and 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 the um, stimulus. Uh, mm-hmm. talks. Um, you know, I, I, I take no sense of pride in, in that hack, but, um, it does, you know, provide credence to guys like us who have been talking about this for years and years. Um, and I think people are starting to wake up to the fact that, you know, we're in, we're in a state or we're in a situation when it comes to technology that, you know, you could you can buy the best of the best, but even the best of the best can become compromised in some way, shape or form as, as we saw with, you know, that hack. Um, so that's where we're at today with, uh, with the solar winds, um, more, more government entities, more, more companies have come mm-hmm. out and announced that they have been, uh, affected by this in some way, shape or form. Uh, and, and we know, you know, I've, I only know maybe about two dozen so far. I think, you know, I don't know too many more than that, but solar winds themselves reported that like 18,000 yeah. uh, customers have, have uh, been impacted by this or potentially been impacted by this. And, um, you know, I would imagine over the course of the next month or so, we're going to hear a lot more companies come out as they as they figure out that um, their networks were were also compromised. So, um, <clears throat> what do you what are your thoughts on on what's going on with the solar winds breach? I mean, I think it's crazy, it's super crazy. It's it's the it's the it's our Super Bowl right now, as I think I mentioned last week. Right. Um, I am surprised how they've been uh, very tight lipped, and I guess at this point it's kind of more like on a need to know basis, you know, because of course if they give out any information, then uh, obviously the hackers are watching the news, and and maybe uh, there may be more hysteria on it. So I guess um, they're just keeping a tight lip and just trying to understand, and that's actually the problem. Is that they don't know everything. They don't know if it was only solar winds or if it's other applications. If they're still in their systems, mm-hmm. so I guess that's kind of why they're just still investigating. And until they can actually know for sure, they're gonna just keep it on a need-to-know basis and and take it from there. Yep. Yeah, and it, it, 
you don't know with something like this. Uh, there was a pretty significant backdoor that was put into that software, and you don't know if you know criminal hackers were able to use that backdoor to then get into other software companies and and then put similar types of backdoors, uh, malware into you know legitimate software that people are installing every day. So um, we're, we're going to find out more as time moves on. Um, I, you know, I talk a lot about it on my YouTube channel. I, you've talked about it on your, your own YouTube channel. Um, and, you know, it, it is a serious attack. And I'm just kind of, you know, at this point, I'm just kind of waiting and, and watching to see, you know, where everything falls out and how everything shakes out. Um, and it'll be interesting to see because I know that, um the, the new president, Biden, came out with some pretty strong words yesterday about it. Um, and it seems like everybody, other than a couple people in the country, are on board with the fact that this was uh, executed by Russia. Um, and that, you know, I think that that's where the attention is going to be turned over yeah. the, next, the next month or so. So, um Interesting thing that happened to me this week is uh, um, on the on the podcast last week, I mentioned uh, a client that we did or, or a prospect that we did a cybersecurity assessment for. And I mentioned that that port 3389 on that mm-hmm. desktop that we found opened up and got into that um pissing contest as i called it with the with the other with their current it provider um that that was proper or not proper security practices um so we now uh happy to report that they are now a client of ours nice congrats Um, so uh i i am happy about that because now um now we have a, a bookkeeping company that is now um, no longer with substandard IT company, um, which I call that a win-win for everybody, you know, for not only us, not only our new client, but all of the clients of that bookkeeping firm and how much data that is now going to be better protected um, with a company like ours uh, than, you know, who, who they were previously with, mm-hmm. um, you know, based, based on the findings and the facts that were in the assessment. I'm not just tooting my own horn or making things up that were better based on things that I can't measure. Um, you know, I can measure with these reports and I can show you with, with these assessment reports that we generate that, you know, this stuff is definitely quantifiable, but, um, you know, I commend the, the business owner because, you know, one thing that I believe about business is, especially early on in, in business, when you're just starting out, is focus on your core competencies, on what you're good at, and then outsource the rest. Until you're generating enough revenue and, and bringing in enough profit to where you can afford to hire uh, positions that are are pretty much seen as overhead um, and, you know, technically don't generate any direct revenue. 
Um, and that's when you start entertaining, like hiring a marketing admin or an administrative assistant or a finance person inside your company. Um, you know, but the revenue has to be there. The profit has to be there. And quite frankly, the you shouldn't be doing those things if your processes and your procedures aren't where they need to be. Um, because the business owner and a lot of the people that need to make the decisions around the things that happen in the company, their attention is going to be taken away from, you know, the, the core of the business to, you know, to, to basically get these other things off the ground. Um, so that's why, you know, companies like ours exist. Um, you know, we outsource a ton of things in our business. Um, and, you know, I believe that, you know, early on, all companies should not be looking to hire somebody to do specific roles, but to outsource. And, and even, even in even in our business, there's certain pieces of tech that we outsource simply because um, it's more cost effective, or you know we get uh, better better expertise or better better service because we outsource it to a company. Now I don't outsource to our core competency or our cybersecurity and things like that, but you know things like you know, somebody to review log files and stuff like that is all stuff that, you know, technically can be outsourced um, within our business. So, um, and then we outsource things like, like graphic design work and a lot of marketing functions and things like that. So um, what are your thoughts here, Andre, on, on outsourcing and, and do you, do you agree with me? Do you disagree with me on how much you can outsource, especially in the beginning? Um, I know some people, you know, don't like to outsource because they want to keep control of that culture. Um, and a lot of times it's hard to do that when you're bringing out in outside companies. So what are your thoughts on that? No, and I actually unfortunately learned the hard way because, um, you know, we're working on our branding and marketing for our company. And here it is, I'm up 11, 12 o'clock trying to just like do like an Adobe Photoshop basic designs and things like that, realizing like I have no idea what I'm doing. It's late. I'm trying to look at YouTube videos and do comparisons and it's not working. Yep. So then, um, like, for example, we just we wanted to do some new flyers. So um, I, you know, contacted the local people on my chambers. And unfortunately, I, I just I, I mean, I wanted to use them. I want to use them. I want to um, support my local community, but I just couldn't afford it. But I still needed the work done. So um, a friend of mine told me about um, these websites. Um, there's there's tons of tons of them up upward Fiverr. And essentially, you can actually post what you're looking to do. And from there, it's, it goes out internationally if, if they're registered in that account. And then it's like a bidding process. And as you know, in the States, some things are way more expensive. So for what I needed done here in the, in the, in the States, I got quoted about $300 for a flyer. And here I had awesome, awesome samples for someone in El Salvador quoting me 50 bucks, $50 compared to 300. So, I mean, I definitely, you know, I went for it and I got the, the product and I'm very happy with it or as, as far as the design is the product and I'm very happy with it. So yeah, you know, I'm definitely going to be supporting USA. All my employees are USA, but sometimes as a business, if you can't afford it and, but you need the work done, you got to see, um, you got to see where you, where else you can go for it. 
Um, even um, there was another item that I had, which was a bio page. I wanted to create like a professional bio for when I do speaking and so forth. And again, quotes were crazy. And, and I went uh, to one of those websites and I found someone in Canada and she was able to do it at a very, very uh, reasonable price. And, and the, the finished product was, was excellent. So definitely outsource if you can. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of business owners get caught in that trap where they, like you said, they're, they're up, up at 11, you know, midnight, one in the morning, burning the candle at both ends, trying to, you know, just get done what they think needs to get done. Um, I know I made the mistake early on of, you know, doing that and thinking that, you know, I was doing something for free or I was getting it for free or I could do it or I was the only one who could do it. I was the only one who could take it from, you know, a an idea to, you know, especially with things like graphic design and your website. Um, I think I think the website is the thing for me that I held on to the longest in our mm-hmm. business, uh, obviously to a fault. Um, but, you know, it, you know, uh, it, you know, I don't have to worry about that stuff anymore because somebody, it's somebody else who's responsible for getting that stuff done. Um, and it really, it, there's no, there's no um, dollar amount. There's no uh, anything you can put on uh, being able to delegate and increase productivity um, by getting out of your own way. And I think a lot of business owners and a lot of, a lot of CEOs struggle with growth for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. Um, they just can't get out of their own way. Um, they do a, a poor job of delegating and or training people so that they can delegate. How many times in, in the years you've been in business have you either said to somebody else or yourself, let me just do it myself. I can get it done quicker, mm-hmm. or cheaper or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> You know, I see that all the time with uh, with business owners and or they think like it's not worth creating the training to, to train somebody else. I By the time I create the training and train somebody else, I could have done it 50 times myself. Right. Um, but, you know, for me, I, I see I see everything that I do in this business is if I'm doing something, I got to figure out how to fire myself from doing it quickly. Um, so I can move on and focus on the growth and the strategy and and the bigger macro things that need to be taken care of within within the company. So that's why I outsource. That's uh, since I started doing that, we've been much more effective, much more efficient. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to to the outsourcing piece or just you know being a business owner and getting out of your own way. Um, but I think that that's, you know, a lot of reasons why we don't outsource and why we don't seek that help. And we, we shoulder, shouldered ourselves a lot of times. Yeah. One thing I learned in my Goldman Sachs class was that you, um, they they wanted to see how much money are you paying yourself an hour? So basically your, your, your yearly salary, you divide that into 52 weeks, then you divide that to 160 hours. And I remember I took the class about four or five years ago, and I remember my hourly rate was like literally because I was working so much, it was like 11, 12 bucks an hour. It was like embarrassing. Like I was literally killing myself. 
Sounds um, like you were paying yourself a pretty decent salary. <laughs> I know I know business owners that pay themselves like 30, 35 a year and put in 80, 90 hours a week. No, no, no. I said $11 an hour. Right. Yeah, that's $11 an hour I was doing. How much were you paying yourself a year? Oh, well, $11 an hour has to be what, 20? Oh, so that was based on 40 hours a week or 80 hours a week? Oh no, I was doing I was doing probably around like 70, 80 hours a week. Oh yeah. right. So if you were doing a 40 hour a week, you were paying yourself like 20 bucks an hour. Yeah, no, I was I was I was trying to do everything, you know, and, and I and it, it taught me that you know you gotta let go. And it, yeah. yeah, we've all been there and, and hopefully other business owners that are listening, especially ones that are early on, you know, listen to what we're saying and take it um you know, that's one of the biggest things that you can do for yourself. And I think that's what separates business owners from entrepreneurs. I, I, I look at entrepreneurs as people who, where that almost comes naturally, the ability to just, you know, delegate and, and move on from things and, and just be kind of like that idea or visionary type person yeah. within the organization. So, yeah. So moving on, um, so I want to talk about, I don't want to talk about solar winds anymore and I don't want to talk about ransomware, but I do want to talk about um, Baltimore County in Maryland, the schools. Now the schools are, schools are getting hit left and right. Um, clearly uh, the hackers know schools, municipalities have weak, weak budgets when it comes to cybersecurity. Um, I know here in New Jersey, a lot of the, you know, I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the politicians that are, you know, local politicians. And quite frankly, you know, they, um, you know, they, they, they might spend money on IT support, but it's pretty much like that help desk, the traditional managed service provider that we're used to thinking about the guys that you call when things aren't working and, and you know, computers need to be set up and stuff like that. Um, and they really don't have a, a, uh, a cybersecurity model or they're not implementing any cybersecurity practices along with the service, which is why I believe we're seeing so many K through 12 schools uh, get hit along with, um, uh, you know, municipalities. They, you know, they all work, they pretty much work hand in hand, at least here in New Jersey, they do. Um, the school board and the, and, and the local governments, um, while they're supposed to be separate in a way, you know, a lot of them like are, they run on the same tickets when you're voting for them, you know, school board and the mayor or the council are all running on a Democrat ticket. So, um, you know, that's how I see things is they're, they're together. Um, so, you know, they're getting hit like crazy. And then you have Baltimore County uh, schools that got hit around Thanksgiving. Um, and now we have reports that are coming out that are basically saying that this this attack was more widespread uh, in terms of the damage than initially thought. And now, um, as I always mention on my YouTube channel, um, right after ransomware attacks, people love to come out and say the famous words, well, no data was stolen that we're aware of. And then they find out you know, here we are a month later from Thanksgiving and now they're coming out and saying that, oh, yep, student and teacher data was 
probably stolen and also encrypted. Um, and there's reports coming out that things like student seniors who are who are you know trying to apply for schools. So like right now is prime time to apply for college for right. a, a high school senior, and you need transcripts to do that. And if the school can't provide the college transcripts, you know, I'm sure things are um, slowed down because of COVID. And now you have this going on. Wow. You know, I remember being that age. I remember being, um, you know, 17 going into college. Um, it's probably one of the two or three things that I cared about at that age, right? Um, so regardless of what you think about college and how you feel about it as an adult, when you're that age, um, you know, that that almost feels like your entire world is, is coming down, crashing on you because everything you've worked for for 12 years can now be, you know, almost destroyed because of a computer glitch. You know, and especially if you're like, you know, a gifted student trying to get into like a Ivy League school, how competitive that is. Um, you know, and uh, the reason I bring it up is because we see this a lot in, in our businesses, Andre, where um, it, these ramifications from these types of events are, are recognized afterwards. Mm -hmm. um, and what we try to, what we try to, get empower companies to do and teach them to do and show them to do is is how not to end up in a reactionary mode when this stuff goes down um if you live by the it's not if but when kind of mantra then your business should have something called a business impact analysis that you've completed on your business um if you're a business owner and you're listening to this and you have no idea what a business impact analysis is or you've never heard of it, I highly suggest that you make it one of your things for 2021 to do. Um, and if you don't know what it is, I'll, I'll kind of give you the rundown of what that is. And the business impact analysis is simply going through department by department and determining what are the basic functions that we need to have this department operate and then collectively all the departments together is your business. So it's all the things that you need to make sure that are in place and that are functional for your business to operate. Um, and that's what, <coughs> ooh, excuse me, that's what a business impact analysis does. And a business continuity plan and a disaster recovery plan is built from that. So if you've never done a business impact analysis and you have a business recover or you have a disaster recovery plan or a business continuity plan in place, I challenge you to test it and see if it if it cuts the mustard. Um, you can do this without actually testing it, like legitimately testing it by taking things down. You can sit around a conference table with stakeholders and managers and talk about whether or not you have enough A, documentation, and B, does the technology fit the goals of the business? So if you say, you know, we need to recover a particular system or that system can't be down for more than two, three, four hours, 
do you have the right technology in place to support those business goals? And that's really what a business impact analysis will bring to light. It'll let you identify, which identify is part of what, Andre? Cybersecurity framework, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, identify is part of a cybersecurity framework and that's part of it, identifying you know, the risks and the impacts that are going to happen to a business should, you know, you get cyber attacks, should you have a flood, should you have a fire, and none of your equipment that's in your office is available for you to use. Um, same thing happens with a cyber attack. You come in, your files are locked, your computers are locked, and you can't use anything. How are you going to continue to serve your clients and your, and your, and your customers and the contracts that you sign? Um, that's what all of this is intended for you to figure out. So um, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but that's kind of what I wanted to talk about in terms of what this Baltimore County information that we know about today has, has come to. Um, you know, a month ago, we didn't know where we really stood. Uh, now we do, and we can see the gaps in there from, from not... I'm not involved in that whole situation, but I can read news articles, watch newscasts, and I can see from afar that they're really struggling there. Um, mm -hmm. Superintendent wants to blame the budget. Um, he didn't have enough money. Um, I don't know. I've been selling cybersecurity services for the better part of five years. And quite frankly, in the last year um, is, you know, the, the most interest we've had in what we've been selling. Um, so, you know, if, even if you were given the money, would they really spend it on cybersecurity? I highly right. question that, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I'm still astonished that if my, if my child is going to that school, that my transcripts are no longer available and there's no backup like that. That just is like, like, what do you tell the colleges? Like, that's just, right. now you're going to have to like start digging up or old report cards and things like that to then give it to the school to put in the system. Um, I also like to, um, uh, going on that business continuity plan, you know, you've seen, um, I think Google this month or last month, they, they went out two or three times. Um, you had Microsoft go out um, with Teams and Outlook and so forth, uh, excuse me, Office go out. So that just goes back, like, because we have one of our customers and they heavily, heavily rely on emails. They're a transportation company and customers are sending them POs. And, and, and in this case, Microsoft went down and they have to send out, they have to send out, you know, go send their trucks and drivers to go pick up stuff. So like, how do you, you know, you, you in the business have to think about, okay, if my technology stops working, what is my plan B? You know, right. if my voice, voice, voice over IP phones stop working and my customers need to call me, do they know a backup number? Do they, do, do, is there a landline I have? Is there a cell phone number that they know, you know, something? So yeah, definitely for, for 2021, uh, you got to start thinking of that. And um, Brian, I also like to say is that I think us, you know, IT, CIOs, et cetera, we are now, instead of us getting the crumbs of the of the budget, whatever's left over. Oh, okay, we got twenty, thirty thousand dollars left in our IT budget. Excuse me, in our general budget, let's give it to IT. I think now we're gonna start being at the table. Where they're gonna now start coming to us. CEOs are gonna now start coming to us and saying, "How much do you need?" You know. So I think that's gonna be really, really interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying for years that that cybersecurity it happens in the C suite. 
you know, decisions should not be made on cybersecurity in your in your tech room or your, you know, wherever your techs live or by your by your tech company that's not even part of your company because you outsource it. Right. Um, cybersecurity is something that needs to occur in the C-suite and then the C-suite pro provides the direction to the IT staff on how they want things done. And if you don't operate your company like that, um, you need to get to a point where, you know, just, just like every other thing in your business, sales, um, you know, people and your processes, now you need to bring cybersecurity and IT into the mix and make sure that you're doing things like, you know, business impact analysis and having disaster recovery plans and policies and procedures in place so that your employees can carry out, you know, your wishes. Um, you know, one of the basic things you can ask yourself is if your building caught on fire today, would your employees know exactly what to do, right. who to call and how to continue to do their job uh, in the event of that fire, and you can replace fire with flood, hurricane, you know, cyber attack, whatever you want. But a good, uh, a good company, and a world class company has this stuff documented, and you know the procedures are reviewed and they're tested, and and employees are trained on them. Um, and if that sounds like a lot. I'm here to tell you that companies like mine and companies like Andre's at Arc Solvers, that's what we do for companies. Um, you know, that's the big, that's one of the things I, I want people to get out of the podcast and what we're putting together here at the macro level is that we're not just guys when we're not companies that you, you just call when, when you can't turn on your computer. Mm -hmm. um, you can outsource the, the creation of the policies uh, and procedures to companies like us and we'll help you build them. Um, we will help make sure that you have a proper plan in place um, and make sure that you're doing the things to train your team and make sure that, you know, they're getting trained up and they understand what the policies and procedures are. So when an event does happen, it's not the first time you're going through it and people know they have to call this person, they have to notify this company and that company. Um, you know, and you mentioned email specifically, and it's funny because I was having a conversation with um, one of, or actually a bunch of our techs this morning. And I was, I was kind of, especially the younger guys that we have who, who never had to deal with on-premise exchange servers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I can tell you right now, you know, email, when people's emails down, uh, you know, other than Facebook going down, I don't know what else, what people freak out about more than, than email. Right. Um, uh, you know, a comment that I made was, you know, people's active directory and, and, you know, file share could go down and on a weekend and they wouldn't know till Monday, but if their email went down on a Saturday, you guarantee you're getting a phone call. Right. Um, so, you know, and that was in the days when we did a lot of on-prem stuff with the email servers and, and we had to deal with email going down quite often, especially with the smaller businesses because they just didn't have the infrastructure and usually their internet went down a lot because they just had a, a simple business cable modem and things like that. So, um, you know, then, you know, fast forward to today where everything's cloud-based and then you have cloud services going down. 
Um, but I think it's important for people to know and business owners to know and CEOs to know that even if you're in Microsoft's cloud or Google's cloud, you can put things like, like we have an email uh, protection product that we offer that not only includes the security, but if your Office 365 goes down, we have a way of rerouting those emails away from Office 365 into a web portal where you can log into and still check that your email while it's down. And then when the services are restored to Google or, or over 365, those emails then get delivered to your mailbox like they normally would. Yeah. Um, you know, and businesses might not know that that exists. So I think it's important that I, you know, that we bring that to light because they may just put, throw their hands up and go, oh, well, it's in the cloud. There's nothing we can do. Microsoft's down. Well, no, there are things you can do. You can put in things like the technology I mentioned, where in the event that that server at Office 365 or Google isn't available, you know, the, your email is still accessible somewhere else. Yeah. Um, now, if both services go down, you're kind of, you know, SOL, but, you know, what are the chances of two different entity services going down? So, yeah. So, uh, that's about it for me today, bud. I don't know. I'm getting. I'm ready to go. Uh, go hang out with Santa for a couple of days and, <laughs> and do all the fun things that we do during uh, Christmas yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. So, any uh, you spending time with family or? Friends? Yeah, I'm staying in the town. I'm gonna stay in town. Mom and so, you know, son, daughter, wife. So, and my cousin. So it's gonna be fun. Good. We're uh, we're laying low. We're still doing the social distancing thing. Oh uh, yes, of course, of course. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a family Christmas Zoom room set up for cool. people to pop in and out of over over the course of 24 hours. Awesome, awesome. Um, so that's what we're gonna do. So so I wish you a merry Christmas, my friend, and I right. hope you have a great a great holiday. And to everyone that's listening, thank you for joining our show once again. Um, and you can get us on pretty much every podcast and then head over to um, our YouTube channel and our Facebook uh, page and like our page. And if you guys want to hear us talk about anything or if there's anything that we mentioned in here that you have questions about, um, drop them in the comments uh, on our page or post a question on either our YouTube or Facebook and, and we'll say it and we'll, we'll throw it into one of our future episodes. Um, but that's it for us this week. We will do a recording next week. We will see you all then. We wish you all a happy holiday. And uh, we will see you next week. Take care, everyone. All right. Bye-bye.